helping clients meet their financial goals and prepare for the future. Schroders actively and responsibly manages investments. The world is forever changing, and we understand the need to adapt and evolve in line with what matters most to our clients. Hello and welcome to CityWire's A View From podcast, in which the On The Road team travel virtually to the offices and homes of wealth managers across the UK from the comfort of our sofas. Today, I'm in the Midlands in what is known as the second city. That's right, it's Birmingham. And I am chatting with Toby Ricketts, Chief Executive Officer at Margetts Fund Management. As well as being the CEO, he is also the lead manager of the Fund of Funds. Hi, Toby, thanks for joining me today. Hi, Katie. You're right. So I'll just jump right in with okay. the first question, which is coronavirus. How has your region, Birmingham, been impacted by it? Well, well as far as I can tell, we've, we've been impacted about the same as everywhere else. I, I came back from a skiing holiday and a bit of rush in, uh, in, in March, and the resort I was in was, was closed down because of an outbreak uh, within the resort itself. And when I got back to Birmingham, you could see cases were starting to rise and we, we knew we, we were pretty close to a full shutdown here. And that's really what happened. So uh, over the space of what felt like a few days, we went from acting normally to being pretty much locked down in, in our houses and, and working from home. Well, so how would you say that your, your life is different now? Um, so what would be a typical working from home day for you? Well, when we went into lockdown, I thought this would this might provide a bit of a, a bit of a break. Work's been been quite hectic all year, and, and it seemed to be it seems to have been for years. So I thought it might be time for reflection. And the first few days felt a bit odd, just working from home, suddenly distanced from everybody at the office, losing the team environment. And one day seemed to run into another in the early part of lockdown. But then suddenly, what is a strange situation becomes a new normal, and we started communicating through Teams and, and Zoom, having the same meetings, but just doing them online, finding that they seem to work online. You learn the skills, you get better at operating in, a, in the virtual environment of how to communicate through these virtual meetings and what have you and understand what people are saying. And it, it, it became a new normal quite quickly. The, the one thing we found is we've been putting a lot more time into communicating with clients, especially in March and April with sharp market falls. There's a lot of anxiety within, I suppose, within the whole investment community and within our clients. And the best way to, we thought, to deal with that was to communicate frequently about what, what we were doing and what was happening. I, th I think in the early stages of lockdown, people were wondering if you were still there. And it was just making sure you could demonstrate that business was still operating as normal, even though the whole world seemed to have changed uh, very significantly. So uh, do you think that we'll ever go back to normal like what do you anticipate the new normal will be now no i don't i don't think we will go back to normal i don't think we want to so if um, you know if I, if I look in a critical way back at where we were as a business before covid we were quite quite reluctant to embrace flexible working we we had what i now see was probably a slightly old-fashioned view that to get the best out of people you largely needed them to be in the office where you could where you could see them and we've realised through having to adapt very quickly to, uh, to the economic restrictions that people do work very effectively at home. I think some staff are more effective at home. There's probably a few that need a bit more discipline around them um, to get the best out of them. But we'll, we won't go back to a, a full nine to five, five days sort of standard working week. 
we'll we'll bring flexibility in. I think uh, after this, that will be permanent. Not not to the extent of working from home all the time. I think that that's got some downside to it, especially in the long term. But a bit of balance of where we were before and what we've become is is going to be the new normal. I think because it it's largely it's been much more successful than than I would have anticipated. And in fact, we we were going to take a bit of extra space. Well, we we were going to take quite a lot of extra space at the office for our expansion plans. And we we've now decided only to take about half that space because we think that flexible working will become a bigger part of what we do going forward. So we just won't need the same the same amount of space post-COVID. So um, how has your firm, Margetts, made a difference? Are you guys involved in any charity work at the moment? We, we always adopt a charity every year. So we try and find local charities where we can see that there are donations and we can see the impact that they're having because the, the, we try and make donations significant enough um, that it, it has an impact on the overall charity. And then we can update staff through the newsletter with, with what the charity is doing. So at the start of this year, we adopted a charity called Young Minds Matter. And that's, it's a new charity. It's based just outside of, of Birmingham. And they focus on uh, children or teenagers who are struggling mentally to provide them with coaching and counseling to deal with those issues. And so we, we donate to them monthly and gave them the startup capital so that they could uh, get insurances in, into place and uh, build the website and what have you. So as a firm, we always have something. And, and in normal circumstances, we provide staff for fundraisers and uh, do coffee mornings and these sort throughout the year, we normally contribute quite, quite a bit to our chosen charity. I suppose we, we've only been doing the monthly donation as a firm because nobody's been in the office for, for any of the, uh, the, the normal fundraising that goes along with it. Mm-hmm. so it sounds like a really small uh, more community-based charity in Birmingham uh, what made you guys pick Young Minds Matter well they, they just approached us really so it's I suppose like a lot of things it was uh, somebody I knew was mentioning this charity that wanted to um, get off the ground we, we'd ask our staff to put forward charities we had a couple of a couple of suggestions then we, we put it back to the staff for a vote really on which charity everybody thinks we should support we put this one into the mix and it just hit a chord with, with staff. Perhaps uh, there's, we, we've got quite a lot of staff with children and maybe it just hit a chord that that was the one on balance that people wanted to support. I think that our last charity was, um, it, was for, it was for Short Lives Matter. So this is for children with life-threatening illnesses. Um, so, so actually it seems to be a theme at Margate's. We've, we've chosen children-orientated charities. Oh, that's so lovely. Uh, so which companies or organizations do you think have acted most admirably during the crisis? Oh, I suppose that's a tricky one, really, to think of companies in particular. I, I suppose just generally uh, talking about our clients, which are financial advisors, our competitors who are, who are fund managers. I suppose the industry of a whole, as a whole for, seems to have done very well. And you, you've got to give some probably some credit here. I know we don't do it very often to the regulator because... It's been a big part of uh, changes in regulation over the years to ensure firms have got really good disaster or, or business continuity plans. And across the industry, I've not really heard of any significant issues either for us or, or for anybody else. So I think it feels as that the financial services community has done quite well through this. In terms of wider organisations, um, it's hard to say. I mean, you, you've got to have sympathy for the airlines. We've just seen their businesses collapse and the cruise ships and 
you can't really imagine there was anything from a management point of view they they, they could have really done uh, but they they've struggled but the but the, the firms that, that that aren't using those schemes and don't need to then you know that, that seems to show and i'm very can't, can't remember their names but i've been reading in the newspaper there's great number of firms that are committing to not using the furlough scheme to not taking the grants for bringing people back because they accept that they that they're, they're, they're surviving might not be at peak levels of profitability but it's great to see that sort of um that sort of attitude where people are turning down grants that they could possibly qualify for uh, but but recognize they don't need and, and they are there for those who do need them it's kind of a more a shift from an, a me, me, me mindset to like a we and more community mindset, isn't it? Schroders is built on 200 years of experience and expertise. We partner with our clients, constructing innovative products and solutions across private assets and alternatives, solutions, mutual funds, institutional and wealth management. By combining our commitment to active management and focus on sustainability, our strategic capabilities are designed to deliver positive outcomes. With over 5,000 talented staff across 35 locations, we are able to stay close to our clients and understand their needs. So are there any challenges that you've had to personally deal with uh, during this whole thing then? Well, no, no, I, I couldn't say so. I think when you get locked down and you, you know, you live in a house with a, with a garden it's it's not too bad because even when you can hardly move anywhere you can still sit outside may was a fantastic weather a fantastic month for weather you can sit outside with a glass of wine i think people who might be stuck in in uh, in smaller flats in in city centers it must have been much much trickier so other than just changing my mindset and getting much more used to, to working alone and communicating through teams rather than in person uh, that that was the only that was the only real challenge, but it, it wasn't that significant. Within a week to ten days, it felt fairly normal. So, um, how do you stop yourself going stir crazy? Then, do you have any like tips or tricks? I, it's it's really, it's been routine for me. So I always I I get up at seven. I'm I'm downstairs ready to start work at eight, and we three days a week we have a team meeting, just a cup cup of coffee with the with the cameras on to have a chat. No 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 agenda. Get, get through the morning's work and then I take the dog for a walk for an hour for over lunch uh, come back and then uh, settle back into the afternoon routine and that I think just just keeping that that discipline not uh, not being tempted to lie in or start late or finish early uh, I found I found that's been useful for me just to keep but and, and then equally when I finish work uh, I, I shut the door on my little study at home and um, you know and, and forget all about it to the next day you haven't had a cheeky early finish on a Friday then? No, but we do twice a month. We do it at the office. This is a bit old school, but we we let people drink alcohol at 4, 4 p.m. On a, on a Friday twice a oh, month. Oh, lovely. The office, <laughs> uh, which is quite popular. I mean, they have to, uh, other drinks are available as well, soft drinks. So it's, we, we try and make sure everybody's included. But just virtually, we've picked that up. So not, not the whole office. We can't fit them all on the on the screens. But just from a, my my team which is seven of us we'll we'll have a, a meeting through teams and uh, and a glass of wine on a friday but we we'll still keep talking to you know, to the end to the close of work but it's a bit more informal with a glass of wine oh that sounds really nice especially in this weather it is it's very nice when the weather's good I, i've always been keen on motorbikes and once the restrictions were lifted that allowed you to travel uh, to, to for exercise for an hour um 
I, you know, I felt able to take the take my, my bike out, and it was so fantastic with the roads really quiet that you could just enjoy a ride through the countryside where, where normally there'd be lorries or you know caravans or, or whatever, just the people going about their business, but but interrupting the flow of the journey. And I really felt that was quite a positive to get out of it. it was um, you know, my memory of lockdown, the harsh lockdown, will be these fantastic May evenings and just riding uh, riding along country lanes with, with hardly another car in sight i don't i wonder if that will ever happen again oh it sounds amazing so much freedom <laughs> it was great it was really good it's junior hog do you have a name for it no no, no. <laughs> and, I, and i learned the rubik's cube as well so i decided to try and get a, a lockdown talent and oh yeah and i've been using it with the staff actually to explain how training works because it's, it's had a profound effect on me the first time I did the Rubik's Cube, it must have taken me the best part of a day or two, even with instructions to, to figure it out. And then you, you keep doing it. And before you know it, you, you can do it every time under three minutes. Really? Oh, yeah. And, um, and I've been saying to the team, look, it just shows how this is what training does for you. The more you, the harder you work at something, it just becomes very quick and, and easy to do after a period of time. Ooh. Sounds like there's a life lesson in there. <laughs> Well, yeah, it's, it's, well, I grew up with the Rubik's Cubes because I'm sort of a child. I was a seven, born in 74, so I remember the 80s. And the Rubik's Cube is one of those things that I played with endlessly as a child but never completed. And it, it, I had one on my desk. I think the children must have had one for, as a stocking filler for Christmas or something. I just thought, ah, let's, uh, let's see if I can finally learn how to do this. <laughs> well, it's a good thing you've learnt now. I used to just take the stickers off and um, put them in the right order. <laughs> Because yeah. it used to frustrate me. Well, yeah, the modern ones, you can't do that because they're, they're plastic moulded. So you, you can't cheat with the stickers anymore. You have to do it for real. Okay. Well, my next question was going to be, have you attempted any new activities? But you've got, well, you've got your motorbike. You've got the Rubik's Cube. Have you tried anything else? Well, chess. I, I played a lot of chess when I was younger, which, you know, not very trendy these days, but um, I found in, in lockdown, there's a friend of mine and we, we both played chess. So we just started to do a bit of distance chess in the evenings. Oh, nice. And, uh, and there's, there's a band that we follow, my wife and I, um, just not, not, not a very well-known band, but they've been doing online gigs every, well, a couple of times a week on a Tuesday and a, and a Saturday. So we've been watching, watching them, which has felt just a, as it's live entertainment, it's just felt a, a bit different than, than watching the TV. Oh, lovely. Like a mini concert in your living room. They've got a studio in their house, so they, they broadcast a gig from their, from their house twice a week. Oh, amazing. What type of music is it? Oh, it's, um, they describe themselves as a bit of modern, a modern fleet, Fleetwood Mac. Ooh. They're called Cocoa and the Butterfields, if, uh, if you're interested but they, they've just released an ep actually they're quite they're, they're quite good easy easy to listen to so um how many games of chess have you won against your friend oh i don't you... know we don't we don't keep <laughs> tabs actually and we, we're quite forgiving if one of us makes a mistake we rewind so we try and we try and play our best game so if you if you suddenly realize that you've sort of thrown it away with a move then we wind it back so we, we sort of play the same game half a dozen times um I don't know. I don't know. Probably there's, we're probably uh, half a dozen each, something like that. We're quite, we're quite well matched. Mm -hmm. oh, okay. A worthy adversary. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No question. So uh, what would you say is the funniest thing that's happened to you or like the best thing that's come out of all this? 
Oh, well, it's just the funniest thing. I like I, when I'm in meetings with with sort of with group meetings. I like to send little messages to my team to let them know what I'm thinking, sort of <laughs> in private. And they're not always very flattering messages. So we, we had a, a board meeting and our INED, so independent non-execs were on there. And I was I was sort of tapping a few private messages uh, to one of the other members and not realizing they were sharing their screen. So <gasps> it was nothing too bad, but it was it was just a bit a bit blunt in terms of my opinion on a subject. Or I would have been I would have actually uh, preferred to have phrased it. More cut more collaboratively, but uh, <laughs> that's it. I mean, everybody seems to see the funny side of that. So that's you got you screen sharing can be risky. It's a new risk that we're not we're not I'm not used to yet. Yeah, <laughs> so that's, uh, that was one of the, one of the things. I think just you just learning to read communication from people through lip reading when people talk without their mute without pressing mute or muting themselves. I've become very good at actually reading what they've said. And I try and save them the embarrassment and just answer the question just purely from lip reading. So that's my, that's my new skill. Oh yeah. When they're, when they've talked, when they're talking and they're on mute, you just like, Oh, it's fine. I know what you're saying anyway. (laughs) So I've got that. I've read it. I've got it because it's, and sometimes they won't come off mute. They'll talk without the, and I've I've got it and responded and they still don't know they were muted. (laughs) That's actually a nifty, nifty little skill to have. Good skill. So what are you most looking forward to once uh, we come out of this? Well, much as, much as I realise a number of the meetings I've, I've been having in person over the years, I probably didn't need to. There's, there's, a few, there's quite a few meetings that I realise I really do miss the people. Uh, we, you know, we work with a lot of, a lot of characters. Um, there's a lot of information that you, that you get when you're just chatting over, over a coffee or a beer that doesn't, you don't tend to have the same informal chats at the beginning and end of zoom meetings you, you sort of come on the agenda is there everybody goes through it and then it's quite abrupt at the end we haven't quite learned how to softly finish a zoom meeting because at some point you just got to hit leave and and that's it it's an immediate shutdown whereas when you see people you usually wave and shake hands and say goodbye about three times and i, I miss it's taught me a lot more about what you get out of meeting people in person and when when we should be doing it and there's lots of those examples and then equally when we can save the time i'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing a lot a lot of people again in person uh, who i've missed oh that's so sweet i love that <laughs> so thanks so much for your time today toby uh, please join me next time somewhere else in the uk for another episode of a view from <laughs>